Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www.thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. We turn your attention to 2 Kings, 2 Kings, 2 Kings. Now, when I told you we were going to put the spotlight on the sisters today, I know many of you in your mind, you thought about Esther and Ruth and Deborah, Deborah, and I know maybe one or two of y'all thought about the woman we're going to talk about today. 2 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 to 3 is what we're going to read. 2 Kings chapter 11, verses 1 to 3. I bet all of y'all heard of this sister here, and I know she came to your mind as soon as I told you. We were going to talk about some sisters, put the spotlight on the sisters today. I I bet all of y'all know about this sister right here. 2 Kings chapter 11. Verses 1 to 3, verses 1 to 3, 2 Kings chapter 11. And when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she she arose and destroyed all the seed royal. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons, which were slain, and they hid him, even him and his nurse in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. And he was with her hid in the house of the Lord six years, and Athaliah did reign over the land. And all God's people said, Amen. I know all of you heard of Jehoshaphat. I know all of you been talking about Jehoshaphat. I know all the sisters in the house uh, picture Jehoshaphat as a, a model woman, a model sister. And this morning, I simply want to talk from the thought, Jehoshaphat. Today's sermon is simply entitled Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat. Have you ever heard of a woman so hungry for power that she had her grandsons killed so they would not get in her way? There is a woman in the Bible who fit such a bill, a woman by the name of Athaliah. Athaliah, her name ironically means Yahweh is exalted. She's the daughter of King Ahab. We're unsure of who her mother is or her mother was. Her husband was Jehoram, who was the eldest son of King Jehoshaphat of Judah, who eventually became king, making Athaliah queen of Judah. She became a widow after eight years of her husband's reign. Her son Ahaziah ascended to the throne. So Athaliah became queen mother. One year after Ahaziah, Athaliah's son took the throne, he died. So Athaliah decided she'd become the queen of all of Judah and ordered the massacre of all, what the Bible says in verse one, seed royal, all the royal seed, all who were rightful heirs to the throne of Judah. In other words, all of her grandsons. She remained on the throne for six years. All Athaliah's grandsons would have been killed if it weren't for the sheroic acts 
of Jehashaba. 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 Jehashaba was the daughter of King Jehoram of Judah, who was married to the notorious Athaliah. But Athaliah is not Jehashaba's mother. She's her stepmother. Uh, uh, she, she was Ahaziah's half-sister. Remember now, Ahaziah was the notorious Athaliah's son. Jehoshaphat snatched one of the remaining heirs, notorious, notorious Athaliah's grandson, Joash, who was only one year old. She stole him and his nurse from the palace and hid him in a bedchamber in the house of the Lord. I want to talk today about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. She was strong. This month we're focusing on canceling weakness. Jehoshaphat was a strong sister. Through her actions, through her actions, she realigned the throne. One thing she did was she realigned the throne. Realigned the throne so a descendant of David would reign. Athaliah, Athaliah made her way to the throne, but she had no business sitting on the throne. She knew this and had her grandsons, the rightful heirs, massacred. But, but Jehoshaphat would realign the throne by saving Joash, who was along the kingly line, a descendant of David, who had every right to sit on the throne of Judah. And so Jehoshaphat, saving Joash's life, would, would, and he would eventually make his way to the throne at the age of seven, Jehoshaphat realigned the throne. Second thing Jehoshaphat did, y'all, Jehoshaphat restored worship of Yahweh. Jehoshaphat restored worship of Yahweh. The, the notorious Athaliah was a Baal fanatic. Baal, Baal, that false god, Baal. And Athaliah used her power to establish the exclusive worship of Baal while virtually abolishing the worship of Jehovah. She even went so far as to have the temple of Jehovah destroyed and its materials recycled for use in constructing the temple to Baal. Athaliah, y'all, Athaliah. Uh, in, in abolish worship of Jehovah, but uh, Jeho Je Je uh, Jehoshaphat reinstated or restored worship of Yahweh. Third thing Jehoshaphat did, y'all, she rescued her family. Jehoshaphat rescued her family. Jehoshaphat stole, not the election, but she stole her nephew, her nephew Joash. The devil was busy but could not stop the steal. She couldn't save all of the royal seed, but she saved this one. Maybe because he was so young. We're not sure. The Bible doesn't tell us why. But through her efforts, she rescued the little nephew from the notorious genocidal acts of Athaliah. I'm trying to tell y'all that Jehoshaphat was strong. Jehoshaphat was strong. And today, as we focus on canceling weakness during our Black History Month, we recognize and celebrate strong women in our lives and in our history. Where would we be? Had it not been for so many strong women to birth us and nurture us. Where would the black church be had it not been for so many women teaching, singing, serving, and leading us to where we are now and where we're going in the future. We recognize and celebrate the strong sisters who, like Jehoshaphat, sacrificed to realign some stuff and some people to their rightful places, restored worship for those who lost their faith in God, and rescued their sisters' kids and, and their brothers' kids and, and their cousins and their neighbors' kids and, and served as surrogate mamas even for kids and adults in the church. We celebrate women like Jehoshaphat who were strong and made a difference in people's lives. You may be asking, how do we see Jehoshaphat's strength? 
There's really not a lot said about her in this text, and she's also mentioned in, in uh, the Chronicler's uh, account. Uh, what, what was it about Jehoshaphat that made her so strong? Good question. I'm glad you asked. Three things real quick. We're going to raise up. Number one, we see her strength in her decisiveness. We see her strength in her decisiveness, her decisiveness. Look at verse 2. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him, her little nephew, from among the king's sons which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. In this, we see Jehoshaphat's strength in her decisiveness, her decisiveness. Ahaziah was having all of the heirs, or Athaliah was having all of the heirs to the throne assassinated. All the little boys and young men in line to become king were targets to be terminated. She didn't hem and haul over what she should do. She had an idea as to what she needed to do, decided to rescue her nephew and acted upon it. She demonstrated decisiveness and had the courage to make a move. God has done amazing things through decisive people. Don't be weakened by indecisiveness. Some folks miss out on great opportunities because they can't make decisions and act on them. Be strong enough to be decisive. There are some decisions we need to make after wise consultation with others, considerate calculation of what such a decision would cost. In other words, there are some times where we need to take our time making decisions and, and, and bounce them off other people and, and get some input, get some advice. Are y'all with me this morning? Hasty decisions that we need to understand, hasty decisions can prove detrimental. But God has done amazing things through decisive people. It took, it took a lot of going back and forth with God before Moses finally decided to return to Egypt to return to rescue his people from slavery. But once he decided to return, God used him mightily. It took a lot of going back and forth with Jesus before Peter decided to feed the Lord's flock. After Peter had denied the Lord three times, Jesus comes back to him and asks him, do you love me? Do you love me? Then feed my flock. Feed, feed my flock. And Peter, after going back and forth, finally decided to feed the flock of God. And on the day of Pentecost, you see a strong Peter preaching the word of God so that everyone would understand what was happening before their very eyes was already preordained in scripture. God can God has done amazing things through decisive people in the garden of Gethsemane. It took a lot of going back and forth in prayer between Jesus and the father before Jesus concluded. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. His firm decision led to his violent, gruesome execution, but brought about our salvation and redemption. God has done amazing things through decisive people. God has done amazing things through some decisive women decisive courageous bad women like Harriet Tubman Sojourner Truth Ida B. Wells Mary McLeod Bethune Rosa Parks Coretta Scott King Stacey Abrams Kamala Harris LaRonda Patrick are y'all with me this morning? Jehoshaphat couldn't afford to waste time wondering what to do. The way Athaliah was having her own grandchildren hunted and killed didn't afford any time to be wasted. Jehoshaphat couldn't save all of the heirs, but she saved Joash. She reminds me of a story I've heard about a man. I'm sure y'all have heard this story. A man at the seashore where there was uh, the, the, the beach was uh, crowded with starfish that had been washed ashore. And the only way they'd get back in the water is if they needed some help. 
multitude of starfish all over the sand, the, the, the sand of the beach. And you see a man out there taking them one by one, tossing them back into the seas. One by one, multitude of starfish. And this man takes them one by one and throws them back into the sea. And a man walks up to him and asks him, what in the world are you doing? He said, I'm saving these starfish. And the man said, there's so many of them, you can't save all of them. Some of them are going to die. But the man said, yep, but not this one. Threw it into the open. Not this one. Threw it into the sea. Yep. Some of them are going to die, but not this one. And I think there's some surrogate mothers in here who are saying, yep, I couldn't get all of my nephews, but I told the devil, not this one. I couldn't get all of my sister's kids, but I got this one. I told the devil, not this one. I couldn't get all of my little cousins and keep them away from drugs. I couldn't get all of my little nieces and nephews and keep them from, from the ravages of poverty. But I, I made up in my mind that I'm going to grab this one and, and, and I'm going to help this one and I'm going to help the ones that I can. You may not be able to help all of them, but help the ones that you can. Somebody needs to tell the devil, not this one. You've gotten all the other kids in the neighborhood, but you won't get mine. You've gotten all the other sons in the neighborhood, but you won't get mine. You got all of my kids, but you ain't gonna get this last one. Devil, you can't have this one. I'm gonna do all I can to make, to make the decisions that I can make to save somebody's life. Jehoshaphat, yeah. Jehoshaphat was probably like, if my brother was here, none of this would be going on. If my brother was still alive, she wouldn't even be acting like this. But he's not here, and I'm going to do what I can to make a difference. I'm telling the devil, he can't have this one. And God can do amazing things through decisive people. So be decisive and let God do something amazing through you. We see Jehoshaphat's strength in her decisiveness. But secondly, secondly, we see her, uh, her strength not only in her decisiveness, we see her strength in her initiative. Her initiative. Her initiative. I'm in verse 2 again. Verse 2. We see Jehoshaphat's strength in her initiative. But Jehoshaphat, the daughter of King Joram, sister of Ahaziah, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him from among the king's sons which were slain. And they hid him, even him and his nurse, in the bedchamber from Athaliah, so that he was not slain. She took initiative to steal her nephew so he would not be killed. Jehoshaphat didn't need an invitation to steal her nephew. She didn't need permission she didn't get anyone's approval she didn't listen she didn't wait to be told to do it she didn't follow anyone else's lead and then jump decide to jump on the bandwagon she didn't wait on a license she didn't wait on a sign from God or some sort of supernatural confirmation that she was to do it her girlfriends didn't have to keep pushing her her husband didn't have to co-sign it first she saw the need and she met it like a strong sister would Jehoshaphat had initiative Jesse Jackson said time is neutral and does not change things with courage and initiative leaders change things some saints would have you to believe that it's fleshly or carnal or worldly to take initiative some mistakenly believe we are strictly forbidden as children of God to take initiative because we must pray we must pray to see if it is the Lord's will for us to do everything while we must honor the scriptures and pray about our plans and our dreams and our ambitions and our lives, we are not forbidden to take initiative, especially when it can save a life, a community, or help followers of Christ worship. 
People took initiative to approach Jesus to receive miracles. Lepers, the blind, the woman with the issue of blood. Men took initiative to get their sons healed. Centurions took initiative to get their servants healed. Rulers took initiative to get their daughters healed. And there are some things, hear me well, y'all. The Bible makes it clear. There are some things you will never receive from the Lord unless you take the initiative to get up and go get it. Sometimes you must take the first step to get what you know is possible. Sometimes you must move first before God makes his move. Initiative is a thing. Initiative is a whole vibe. Sometimes you've got to move first. I know you know what I'm talking about. And I know you agree with me because listen, if your house is on fire in the middle of the night while you and your family are inside asleep, you don't need some super saved person standing on your front lawn seeking God as to whether they should try to wake y'all up or call 911. What kind of foolishness is that? If my house is on fire, help me wake up and get me out of there. <laughs> some of us act like you can't do nothing. Unless you pray and, uh, and God tell you. I don't think you prayed and sought God for which you should wear this one. I don't think you prayed and sought God for which socks or which pantyhose or, or which drawers you should put on this one. Come on, y'all. There's some room where some stuff God expects you to make a decision and make a move. Jehoshaphat shows us God can do amazing things through people who take initiative. Allow me to throw a little black history in the mix. Initiative looks like Mary McLeod Bethune. In 1904, Bethune opened a boarding school, the Daytona Beach Literary and Industrial School for Training Negro Girls. Eventually, Minister Danny Dukes, Bethune-Cookman grad, Bethune School became a college merging with the all-male Cookman Institute to form Bethune-Cookman College in 1929. It issued its first degrees in 1943. Bethune founded many organizations and led voter registration drives after women gained the vote in 1920. In 1935, she became the founding president of the National Council of Negro Women. In 1937, Mrs. Bethune organized a conference on the problems of the Negro and Negro youth and fought to end discrimination and lynching. Upon her death, it was reportedly said of Mrs. Bethune, watch this, she gave out faith and hope as if they were pills, and as, if, as if she was some sort of doctor. Yeah, she took initiative and founded this. She took initiative and started that. She took initiative and wasn't she a woman? It was probably easy for Jehoshaphat to take initiative because she had access to the palace and the temple, two of the most powerful places in Israel's history. She had access to the palace because she was part of the royal family. She was the daughter of King Joram, the son of King Ahab and Queen Jezebel. She also had access to the temple where she had a place to hide the baby and his nurse because she was married to the priest Jehoiada. Having this access to the palace and the temple made Jehoshaphat one bad sister it was as if she could come and go in and out of the White House as she pleased because she was part of the presidential family she could turn around and then make her way to the to the most prominent senior pastor's office or or the bishop's office without an appointment because that was her husband it can be a little easier to take initiative when you have access to such powerful spaces it gives you options it gives you options. It, it provides access to resources and spaces that ordinary people do not have. If you have been blessed with access to powerful people, use the access to help somebody. 
If you can move in and out of powerful places with ease, use such access to advance God's kingdom. Use the access to save someone's life, to save someone's community. To, to, listen, use the access for more than your status. Leverage your access for when you need to take some initiative and make a much needed difference in the world. It could rescue someone's family from the chokehold of poverty. It could revitalize a community heavy laden with violence. It could save a little boy or a little girl's life who the enemy is determined to kill. And please keep in mind, please keep in mind, she took initiative, but she didn't pull off the whole thing alone. She got the journey started, but had some help along the way. She stole her nephew and his nurse so the nurse could help take care of him. But her husband, Jehoiada, the priest, the preacher, uh, uh, probably helped nurture the young boy in the things of God. He probably taught the young lad the, what he knew concerning the Mosaic law. He probably taught the boy the importance of prayer and meditation. He probably taught the boy to love the Lord his God with all his heart, all his mind, all his soul, and all his strength. Jehoshaphat's initiative got the ball rolling, but a team helped her sustain what she started. Initiative is good to get things started, but no matter how strong you are, after a while, you will need some help. Get some people smarter than you around you. Don't be so intimidated by people. Intimidation can have your initiative on a ventilator and hinder you from making lasting improvement. Don't be so intimidated that you're afraid to get others on your team, but then you'll have to share the credit. Joshua, Jehoshaphat got things started, but she wasn't strong enough to sustain what she started alone. God will bless your initiative to get the thing started, but trust him to put some people in your circle who can help you sustain what you started through Jehoshaphat's initiative she realigned the throne restored worship of Yahweh rescued her family God can do amazing things through people strong enough to show initiative one more thing I'm going to talk about Jehoshaphat and we're going to raise up we can see her strength and her decisiveness we can see her strength and her initiative and then finally y'all we can see her strength and her endurance we see her strength, Jehoshaphat's strength in her endurance. I'm in verse 3. We see her endurance. And he was with her in the house of the Lord six years. And at the liar did reign over the land. Six years. For six years, Jehoshaphat and her husband, Jehoiada, kept Joash and his nurse hidden in the house of the Lord until Joash turned seven years old. After he turned seven Jehoiada led the effort to coronate Joash as king of Judah. Six years. Six years while the notorious Athaliah reigned over Judah. Six years while Josiah's crazy power-hungry grandmother was having her own grandsons killed. And if his grandmother found out he was alive, he would have been killed too. Six years, six years hiding in the bed chamber. That's what verse two tells us. He, he was hidden with his nurse in the bed chamber, which was actually a chamber of mattresses. This means that this was probably a storage space, a storage room where mattresses were stored. Amen. Joash and his nurse basically hid in a closet for six years to keep his evil, wicked grandmother from killing him. Six years while Athaliah as queen could do whatever she wanted. Jehoshaphat couldn't report Athaliah to HR. She couldn't report her to the local police department. 
Sheriff Department, Justice Department, the FBA, the FBI, the CIA, the GBI, Al Sharpton or Attorney Ben Crump. She couldn't report her to the local or national media. CNN would not have run the story. Fox News would not have even run the story. For six years, Jehoshaphat hid her nephew Joash and his nurse in a closet. Six years is a long time. Six years is a long time, especially when you have the threat of death hanging over your head. Six years is a long time to have cancer threatening you. Six years is a long time to have diabetes constantly attacking your limbs or your organs or your eyesight. Six years is a long time to be in and out of the hospital, on and off medication, and nothing seeming to work. I've told y'all once or twice about a young lady that I know, 30 years old, battling breast cancer for the past year. She's had a double mastectomy, followed up with chemo. The chemo has made her extremely nauseous. Chemo was followed up with radiation. Her diabetes brought on horrific, painful neuropathy. She was placed on narcotics and trying to get off the narcotics as it has her experiencing overwhelming withdrawal. She uses a walker to get around her house. She can hardly get around without falling from being so weak. She's repeatedly nauseated, constantly in and out of the hospital, lost an awful lot of weight. Her body and her self-esteem are severely attacked. All of this going on for the past 11 months. Some people endure chronic pain, sickness, addiction, grief, anxiety, depression, and other issues for years. Six years is a long time. Many people can't stay married for six years or keep a job for six years or keep the same address for six years or stay at the same church for six years. Some of us have gotten weak with frustration after six days, six weeks. Six months. Some single folk have given up after six relationships or six hookups with fake people on dating websites. Some people have given up looking for work after not landing a job after six interviews. Six years can be a long time. It can be a long time to remain strong, to stay up, to remain encouraged, to keep hope alive. Six years can be a long time and encouraging yourself can get old after a while. Standing on God's promises can lose its footing. Waiting and being of good courage can go bad. We're only two years into this pandemic and it is really messing with people's mental health. It's wreaking havoc on our society. Only two years into this pandemic and people working from home for the past two years has pushed some folk past their limits. Two years into this pandemic and educators are quitting their jobs. Healthcare workers are burning out. Pastors are leaving their pulpits by the droves. But for six years, Jehoshaphat hid her nephew, Joash, and his nurse in a closet. Six years is a long time. It's a long time to hide a child. Can you imagine what it may have been like to hide a two, three, four, five, six-year-old little boy in a closet? If he was anything like our little fellas when they were that age, it may have been something trying to potty train him, teach him how to talk, how to walk, trying to keep him quiet or make him, make him stop crying after you done beat his little behind while keeping him hidden in a closet. It must have been quite a challenge. I wonder if Jehoshaphat ever got so fed up with him, she threatened to hand him over to his grandmama. Boy, you keep on. Keep on, Joe Ash. I'm going to hand Joe Ash over to your grandmama. Keep on. Six years is a long time. But we see Jehoshaphat's strength in her endurance. How, how challenging, I wonder, 
Sisters, y'all can bear witness to this. How, how was it for her to get along with the nurse for six years? Can you imagine her rolling up on the nurse and, who is this? Oh, that's my boyfriend. He just stopped by to visit for the, your boyfriend? How you, can, and can you imagine the nurse wanting some time? Can I, I was wondering if I could get the weekend off. Weekend off? I can imagine sometimes she go at it with the nurse, but what? What could have kept Jehoshaphat so strong for so long? What, what could have empowered her to endure hiding her nephew and his nurse in that closet for six years? Two things real quick and I'm done. Could, could her hopes have had anything to do with how long she could endure? Could, could her hopes have, have helped her? I wonder if her hopes of getting Joash on the throne of Judah kept her strong enough to endure until the time was right for him to be crowned king. Could, could it be that her hopes and expectation, watch this y'all, of raising a future king fueled her endurance? I wonder if her hope fueled her vision of seeing this little boy becoming the next king of Judah. Did, did she imagine him on the throne? Did she have to remind herself that he would one day go from the closet to the castle, from hiding in private to ruling in public? Did she know God has a way of moving people from hidden places to public spaces? Were her hopes so powerful that she knew, I, I mean she knew that she was not raising a thug or a drug dealer or a drug addict or anything less than a king did she ever say to herself i am raising a king did her hopes reflect that she knew she was raising someone who would reign and exercise dominion and walk in power and authority i think right here is a good place for parents to declare i'm raising a king i'm raising royalty i'm raising a queen i am raising people who will have dominion authority and walk in what god has ordained tell them Tell your children, tell your grandchildren, tell your nieces, your nephews that they, they are ordained to be royalty and they are to be raised in order to rule. Did she hope to see the day when wicked queen Athaliah was defeated, deposed, and disposed, and no longer deemed a threat? Did she have hope that suggested the day would come when God would deal with the one trying to destroy her nephew? Hope is powerful. Hope is when you're expecting God to do something. Hope is when you're a year into the thing and you're still expecting God to move. Hope is when you're two years into the thing and you, you can't see any signs of God moving, but you're still expecting God to move hope is when you're five years deep and you're tired and you're tired of being tired but there's something deep down in your spirit that says I'm still expecting God to move hope is six years into the thing and you feel like the day is coming and I'm just one day closer to God opening the door to God making the way I'm one day closer to God blessing me with the miracle that I need I need somebody here to bear witness of being something in a long time and what kept you going was your hope you continue to expect God to move you continue to expect God to heal you continue to expect God to bless because hope is powerful and if we're going to endure tough situations that threaten our worship threaten our families threaten our communities then we need hope to fuel our endurance maybe that's why David said in Psalm 27 13 I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart wait I say on the Lord hope can help you hang in there maybe that's why the Bible says in Psalm 33 verses 18 to 22 
18 to 21 behold the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him upon them that here it is hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine our soul waiteth for the Lord he is our help and our shield for our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name expect God to move on your behalf expect God to open doors no man can shut expect God to make ways where there is no way expect God to bring you out despite who's trying to tear you down expect God to supply all your needs expect his goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your all the days of your life all the days of your life hope in God it can help you endure but here's another question I'm wondering what was it that empowered her that empowered Jehoshaphat to endure could her could her hope have had anything to do with it but the second thing y'all the second thing I'm wondering is could her space have had anything to do with her endurance could her space her could her space have had anything to do with her endurance I wonder if if how long you hang may be the result of where you hang I believe you can endure if you're in the right space. Here it is. Watch this. Jehoshaphat hid her nephew Joash, Joash and his nurse in a closet. The closet, though, was in the house of God. The Lord's house is a good space to hang. There are some wrong spaces to be in if you expect to endure. Being high is the wrong space. Being around negative people is the wrong space. Worry, fear, doubt are wrong spaces sometimes conversations with people who lack empathy is a bad space but the closet the closet that space was in the house of the Lord and it it was a good space Je Jehoshaphat had access to the altar at the house of the Lord yeah the altar is a great space to get strength to endure and hang on in there if if you need strength to endure make your way to the altar the altar is a space where sacrifices are made the altar is a space where you present your offerings to God don't bring no lamb no bull no pigeons no animals present yourself as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable sacrifice your flesh sacrifice your impatience sacrifice your hopelessness put your fears on the altar put your doubts on the altar put your worries on the altar sacrifice whatever is making you weak make your way to the altar and God will meet you there to strengthen you here's another thing here's another thing they hid in the closet in the house of the Lord a great space a great space to be in the house of the Lord there's an altar in the house of the Lord but Jehoiada Jehoshaphat's husband the priest kept the law there in the house of the Lord yeah the, the, the law was in the house of the Lord in other words they were hanging where the word of God was kept that's a good space that's a good space you're in a good space when you are where the word of God abides because the word gives us strength to hang on and hold out do you need a word this morning to give you strength to endure do you need a word this morning to help you to hold on until God moves on your behalf come here Isaiah they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength they shall mount up with wings as eagles they shall run and not be weary they shall walk and not faint you're in a good space when you're where the word of God abides the word gives us strength to hold on and hold out do you need a word this morning are you tired of waiting and tired of being tired David told us this in Psalm 27 14 wait on the Lord be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart wait I say on the the Lord you're in a good space 
If you are where the word is, if you are hanging out where the word of God abides, the word gives us strength to hold on and hold out. Do you need a word this morning? Is there anybody here going through something and you've been going through for a long time and you feel weak and tired, but you know you need to hold on, but you don't feel like it here is what Isaiah would tell us again. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness I want to encourage some tired folk this morning I want to encourage some exhausted folk this morning some weary folk to get in a space where you're hearing the word of God get in a mental space where you're meditating on God's word get in a space where God's word gives you strength get the word and let it annihilate your anxiety drown your doubts and flush out your fears and let us not overlook the fact let does not overlook the fact that they hid Joash and his nurse in a storage room in the house of the Lord watch this where mattresses were kept mattresses mattresses Matt those things you sleep on or those things you're supposed to sleep on even even when you got a lot going on in your mind or mattresses those things you you're supposed to get rest on can you imagine being in a room full of mattresses and death hanging over your head and the worries of this world won't let you get any rest? Can you imagine being in the house of the Lord where, where, there's, where you're supposed to get rest but you can't find none? Can you, can you imagine being, be, being where, where you're supposed to get rest and, and you can't find? Why in the world should anyone who loves God be in a space full of mattresses but cannot rest? Let me encourage somebody here today. Get you some rest rest in his presence rest upon his promises rest in what you know God is able to do don't be in a physical space conducive to resting physically but cannot rest at all rest physically or emotionally or spiritually some of you have beds and mattresses but you haven't been able to sleep some of you have food at home but you haven't been able to eat you cannot get your mind off your troubles you cannot war against your worries God told me to tell you if you're going to hang if you're going to endure then you need some rest fatigue is no joke y'all fatigue is no joke get you some rest fatigue can cloud your judgment fatigue can make you quit fatigue can put salt on the wounds of your frustrations and make you throw in the towel get some rest get some word get to the altar and hang on in there if you're going to endure if you're going to hang in there for the long haul you need to be in the right space hang in there what God has for you is for you. Hang on in there. What God, if God be for you, who can be against you? Hang on in there. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Be strong and hang on in there. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might and hang on in there. While the enemy is trying to kill you, God is causing all things to work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Be strong and hang Hang on in there. I'm going to close with this. Jonathan, help me. I'm going to just close it real smooth. I'm going to just take it easy and close it real smooth. Just, just, just real smooth. I'm going to close it real smooth. Here's, here's the end of the story. The end of the story. So the boy turns seven years old. He's kept in the closet for six years. They get him when he's a year old. For six years, he's hidden in the closet. Seven years, Jehoiada, the priest, uh, Jehoshaphat's husband said, all right, it's time. 
It's time for this boy to be presented to the public. It's time for us to no longer keep this a secret. It's time for us to now uh, uh, expose to the public what we've been keeping in private. It's time. So he calls all the guards and he gives all of these security guards, all of these instructions and everything. And he says, if Athaliah shows up, don't handle her inside the house of God. Take, take her outside and deal with her. He, he presents the boy to the people. Apparently the, the word got out. All the people show up to the temple. And, and Jehoiada says, here, Judah, here is your king, Joash. The people, they applaud. They, they, they applaud because this means that they can, they can resume worshiping the Lord God, Jehovah. This means that, 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 the, that the rule and the reign of Athaliah has come to an end. The people applause. And so uh, Athaliah hears all this noise. She's wondering what in the world is going on. She makes her way there and she sees that this boy is standing. Some say that he was standing on something like a pulpit. Standing at an altar, which was the custom of kings. So she sees this and she's like, wait a minute now. I'm the queen. Who is this kid? And she makes her way. She's making all this noise. The guards grab her, take her outside the temple, and they killed her. God is able to take care of what's trying to take you out. God is able. If you're strong and decisive, if you're strong and take initiative, if you're strong and endure, God can take care of what's trying to take you out. The people celebrated Athaliah. Athaliah is now killed and Joash has become king. Basically, y'all, it worked. God made it work. God, God made Jehoshaphat's efforts work. God made Jehoshaphat's efforts successful. Unfortunately, I know my Bible scholars out there, I know what y'all thinking. Joash turned out to be a sorry king. But Jehoshaphat's efforts worked. The same God who blessed her decisiveness can bless your decisiveness. The same God who blessed her initiative can bless your initiative. The same God who blessed and honored her endurance can bless and honor your endurance. Trust him. Cancel weakness and decide you're going to trust him. God is able to take you from the closet to the castle. God is able to take you from private to public. God is able to take you from the manger to the cross, from the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. God is able to take you from, and even in the sky, have you at the right hand of the Father. God is able. God is able. Even in Jesus, we see God moving. The baby who was kept in secret, hidden in Egypt, but, but, but caused him to become our savior our master, our, our deliverer, our redeemer, the same God who moved then can move for you today. I encourage you to trust him. If you're going to do it, put those hands together and give God praise. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.